Welcome to Life on My Terms, a podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and take charge of your life. In the podcast, I sit down with experts in health and wellness, all the way to relationship, career, and life advice. My goal for each episode is to empower you to be your best self, become 1% better every day, and achieve everything you want in this thing called life. You can do this. Now it's time to believe in yourself and build your life on your terms. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we are going to chat about minimalism, more of the minimalist mindset. Um, I sat down recently, I've actually read it twice now, um, the book Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And while I don't plan to go to India and participate in an ashram formally, that book was one of those get your highlighter out and start marking these pages to refer back to. I particularly liked the exercises involved. And so when I did the exercises, I started with this negativity exercise where I monitored my negativity for a week, like complaining and criticizing and all the different parts of my life that caused me to do that more. The reality was is that, you know, I found multiple facets in my life that caused those things, but I also found people in my life that enhanced that. Like getting together with this person was all about gossip or complaining or criticizing or, you know, one-upping. And so the first part that book helped me with was removing myself from those situations. Um, I feel like the more positivity you have in your life, you just feel a lot better. And um, when you do have stressful situations, you can handle them better because your stress response is more stable. Um, We forget that that negativity does cause a rise and fall in the stress response. And as humans, we're really not meant for that. Like our stress response was meant for true fear. You know, um, the, the bears coming to get us. So that was the first part of the book. The second part of the book that was like mind blowing for me was this minimalist mindset. Um, you know, if, if you know anything about monks, they talk about detachment and not, um, worrying about all of these like material things that we sort of run to that give us fulfillment. So today I'd like to talk to you about the minimalist mindset. I'm working on this for myself. Um, You know, I realize like every time I have to declutter something, declutter my life in some way, shape or form, I could have applied this minimalist mindset. So how do we think like a minimalist? Um, Minimalism is a lifestyle choice encouraging you to clear the clutter from your life so you can focus on your priorities and the things that really matter to you in your home, your schedule, your heart, your mind, your career. So minimalism um, is, there's a quote from Joshua Becker 
And it's, uh, he said, minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from it. So please keep that definition in mind as we kind of move through um, today's chat. It's the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from it. So right now, just take a second. What can you think of right now that might distract you from the things you most value? Okay. The minimalist lifestyle that I like to share reflects the values and principles in this definition. I don't believe that minimalist living is about bare white walls, sticking to a certain number of clothes, and never buying anything new. It can be if that's how you want it to be. But honestly, I certainly would struggle to live like this. And I think many of you would too. But instead, I like to talk about and live a gentle, compassionate, and heart-centered approach to minimalism. Um, It's about having less stuff. It's also thinking differently about the value you place on the stuff in your life. So what's important in life might vary from person to person, and it might also change over time. But the practice of being mindful and intentional about what we have in our life in all its shapes and forms, is a great place to start. And if you're new to minimalism, which I'm sure most of you are, um, there are a ton of links I will share in the show notes. So let's start first. And here's what I'd like to start with first, the myths. Because when I hear minimalist, I think, "Mm, they're going to make me take stuff away. They're, I'm not going to be able to have anything. And I just went over that. But let's talk about myths. So before we go in any deeper, we're going to talk about a few myths we tend to hear. So first, minimalism means going without. On the surface, minimalism means getting rid of your stuff. But minimalism actually only means getting rid of the things which you don't need, don't love, and don't want. If you're getting rid of the right things and making a conscious effort to change your thoughts and relationship with your stuff, you'll never feel like you're going without. In actual fact, the minimalist lifestyle is more about what you're gaining and making space for rather than what you're giving up or getting rid of. I'll never forget my first attempt at this. Um, I had a full closet of clothes. I had four drawers of clothes as well, like on top of that. And I was probably, I was struggling to even find anything to wear. Like I just wasn't, I frankly, I, I didn't even know why I had all these things. It made me feel bad to look at my closet and these drawers. I was like, why does one person have all of these things that they never use. And so what I decided to do was I went to Lululemon, which I knew was a hybrid between being able to wear some of these clothes to exercise in, which is a huge part of my life, as well as a part of my lifestyle. I work from home. I live an active lifestyle. And so why wouldn't I get clothes that I knew would last? A little more expensive, but I knew they'd last. I can mix and match that would give me more of what I needed. And so I was able to go to Lululemon and sort of buy this like uniform, um, to say it simply. 
that I could mix and match. I get to Lululemon. Um, I buy these things. I come home. I then rid my closet and my drawers of all of these things that like no longer serve me. And now when I go to purchase clothes, you know, I look at it from that lens, like, do I just need this shirt because I'm trying to fill some emotional void or do I need this shirt because my black shirt that I've had for X amount of years really does need replaced? Or do I want this shirt because I'm going to be wearing it a little bit more on Saturdays when I go out for date night, etc. So that is my example of this minimalism doesn't necessarily mean going without. It's it's making space for things that you really want in your life. Another myth, minimalism means following rules. So who said there are rules? And if there are any, then make up your own rules for you and your family. So one person's minimalist lifestyle is different to the next. Just remember the definition of minimalism, encouraging you to intentionally focus on what's important and let go of the rest. This is the only rule, if you can call it a rule that you need to remember. And last, minimalism means throwing away my stuff. Decluttering is about getting rid of the things you don't need because that doesn't mean, but that does not mean you're throwing away your uniqueness or your self-expression. If you want a wall stuffed full of artwork, forget bare white walls. If you love clothes, keep as many as you want. If you love do-it-yourself, Get as many drill bits as you need. You do you. And if you want to keep something because it's important to you, then do that. Minimalism is determined by so much more than counting your belongings or checking the rule book. Okay. So those are the myths. We have the flexibility to, again, live our lives on our terms. So let's talk about our relationship with stuff. To understand and experience the benefits of minimalism and make it sustainable for you and your family over the long term, you need to change the way you think about the stuff in your life. I don't just mean your physical stuff, but your calendar appointments, your negative thoughts, your unhelpful habits, unsupportive relationships, your debt, your stress, and anything else that fills and distracts your schedule, your heart, your body, your mind without adding value to your life in some way. How you think about the clutter in your life and the intentional steps you take to reduce or eliminate it from your life on a daily basis may be difficult at first. It may feel overwhelming, unrealistic, or just hard work. Again, for honesty's sake, I'd better admit that simplifying life isn't simple in itself. I definitely remember the time that I had to go audit my calendar. And that process took months and I had to have a coach check in with me every couple weeks and keep me honest because I knew that calendar was not serving me and I desperately needed to declutter it, but it took time. So over time, as you make slow, steady steps and gradually peel away the layers of clutter in your life, you like you peel away layers of an onion. Making those intentional decisions will become intuitive and second nature. The awareness and shift of your thinking is when you start to think like a minimalist with a minimalist mindset. Um, so if you think about it, 
one of the ways that we tend to like clutter our lives is we fill our homes and lives with stuff. Um, so then if clutter isn't always good for us, why do we let it build up? And there are tons of reasons. Um, here are some examples. Do you keep stuff because it really adds value to your life, either because you love it or need it? Or do you have most of your stuff because it just built over time and you've never really thought about how and why? Maybe you haven't asked the right decluttering questions or you're suffering from like a clutter blindness. Clutter builds up without us noticing. Um, a, great, a great example of clutter blindness is clothes. Our closet can get completely out of hand. Every couple weekends we go, we buy a few things. And the next thing you know, like we have so many clothes, but we almost can't see that there's so much there. Clutter blindness is totally there with our calendars. Sometimes we're over committing. We're doing things we don't want. We've got major issues on our work calendar. And we have that mindset of saying, I have to do this because of this. So we get clutter blindness. Um, so think about that. I think another way clutter blindness comes is birthdays and holidays. Um, bless everyone's hearts for buying us things and getting us things. But sometimes we have to be a little bit more intentional when it comes to our birthday and holidays. Like I am very, I don't ever want to be rude, but I always am like, here are two links. And this is what I would prefer for the holidays. Like, or I'll say, please get me a X gift card. Um, I sort of look at it as like, I'm trying to appreciate somebody spending their hard earned money but I also do not have clutter blindness. And so I know that I do not want more of certain things building up because I know it gives me anxiety and it doesn't serve me. And I hate the fact that I feel guilt when I do not wear or use something that I get for a gift. Okay. Another example. Do you clutter your schedule like you overstuff your home? And this was me. Do you say yes to things that aren't important because you like the sound of being busy, not sure what you would do with your free time, or worried you might miss out on something special going on? Clutter makes us feel valued or that our life is fulfilling. And so sometimes we clutter our life for that reason alone. We have to feel busy. We're chasing busy. Do you shop and spend too much? We get tempted by the sales, sharp marketing tactics, or as a quick fix reaction to feeling bored or stressed. And I can totally feel guilty about this with my Publix. Um, buy one, get one. I don't even need that stuff, but I still get it because it's buy one, get one. And then it just sits in the house. So we wonder why our wardrobes are stuffed and our bank accounts are drained because clutter can have an emotional cause or connection. So these are just a few examples of why our homes and our lives become cluttered and busy. And as you can see, it's not because we never throw anything away or we're lazy or we don't tidy our homes. Clutter can be a byproduct of a busy life or the sign or symptom of another wider problem. And clutter takes many forms and for just as many causes. That's why it's easy to fill our homes and lives with, light, with stuff without realizing it. And until, of course, we become aware of it, we begin to and begin to think like a minimalist. So um, 
As you have been listening now, you might be reflecting on the clutter in your own life, and I hope you are. And is it too many clothes in your closet, gadgets in your kitchen counter? Do you have that obnoxious drawer or seven of them that's just filled with junk? Do you have too many apps on your phone? Are you looking at your calendar right now going, yeah, she's on to something, or maybe you have been chasing busy? Another way of identifying the clutter in your life is to consider the value you place on your stuff. So most things in life come with a trade-off. If you have a small place for books on your bookshelf, which books will you keep and which will you get rid of? If you say yes to one activity tomorrow afternoon, it means saying no to something else, even if that's free time to do nothing. Decisions have consequences and trade-offs, and dealing with the clutter in your life is no different. But knowing the value you place on your stuff and what happens if you don't have space, time, or energy for it will help you understand whether that clutter is actually clutter or whether it's important. Um, Something I put on the podcast Instagram a couple of weeks ago is this. If you were to remove things out of a room, you're left with two choices. You're either A, going to miss those things and so they add value and you would bring them back, or B, you're gonna appreciate the things that are left in the room more. So if there is a chessboard there, you might actually play chess. If you've got a couple of books on your shelf, you might read those books. And so it's a good exercise to think about like, if I were, let me go through and just remove stuff out of my room and put it down in the garage for a bit. And let me see, like, do I miss these things? If so, what are the ones coming to mind? What do I bring back up? And if not, like, I know I can declutter that for my life. So back to sort of decisions, Um, here's a couple of examples I came up with. Um, Do you value those ornaments on the shelf more than the time it's taken you to clean and tidy them? Do you value those shoes you bought even though it took far, far longer to earn the money to afford them than it took for you to buy them? Do you waste your time scrolling through social media or would it be more rewarding in the long term to be spending time and energy enjoying your own life rather than looking at other people's? The value you place on your stuff isn't only about its material worth, it's also about the cost or the trade-off in other ways. Your time, energy, motivation, your goals, your personal growth, self-care, and relationships. You can't have everything in life, so we prioritize and we make choices. Is it this or that one way or the other? What lifts you up on the inside? What makes your heart sing and your body jump out of bed each morning ready for the day versus what brings you down, stresses you out, and weighs heavy on your body and mind? What brings joy, peace, happiness, and growth? Does the stuff you buy and your own or the space on your schedule and in your day allow space for these? These are all pretty good non-monetary measures of what adds value to your life, when and how you think about them is all part of having a minimalist mindset. And so now I'm sure you're like, okay, I'm thinking about this, Amy. You're on to something. I'm willing to commit a little bit. I need examples. Okay. So I'm going to give you some examples of 
how to think like a minimalist. Um, and these are just practical examples of minimalist thinking to embrace more of a simplified and decluttered home and life. So first, minimalist shopping habits. In the words of Francine J, minimalism is asking why before you buy. It's certainly not about never going shopping, but a minimalist mindset encourages you to shop intentionally whenever possible. So why not? Why not ask why before you buy? There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to put the label on yourself that you're cheap or frugal and your friends start making fun of you. Like, no, just ask why before you buy. And again, have a little bit more meaning. How does it align to what brings joy, peace, happiness, and growth? Um, decluttering your home. Creating a peaceful, easy-to-manage home that supports those that live in it um, is at the heart of the minimalist mindset. It's about choosing to own less stuff, have less stuff to manage, and take up your time to give you freedom to do other things instead. You know, it's so funny. When we moved back to Florida from Chicago last April, I decided with my husband, of course, that we were going to have just enough stuff. When we lived in Chicago, we lived in a very small flat. And I think small spaces encourage just more clutter. I mean, it's a natural thing. So when we were packing up the truck, we sort of had this moment of saying to ourselves, wow, how did we get all this stuff? And again, there was this guilt and shame of saying to ourselves, like, man, look at all of this stuff we're donating. Like, how much money was this that we spent? Like, why do we have all these things? Whether it was like, I don't know, not thinking about why before we buy when we went to Costco or probably COVID had something to do with it. Just like feeling like um, that hoarder mentality of having to need things just in case. But when we got to Florida, we told ourselves that we were going to just put enough things up. And so we put all of the things that were important to us, our travel memories, our pictures, all of my marathon, um, you know, artifacts, I suppose, that I can't live without. Um, those went up first. We bought just enough furniture that we could like have Thanksgiving if we needed to, but it wasn't overboard. Um, we decided to buy like serving trays and things like that, but we also use them as decorations for shelves. So we've got like a two for one there and we let it settle for six months. And then we finally looked around and said, you know, do we think anything is missing? And the truth of the matter is no, not every single wall needs to be filled. Not every single table needs to have five or six things. We love our home and it brings us a lot of joy to be here. And the real benefits of the home, what brings us the fulfillment is being able to look out our window and see the ocean. We see the Gulf. That is what this home really means for us. And so 
truly what we need is the people in the home and the location of the home. So when you're decluttering your home, I just want you to really start thinking about this and just say to yourself, like, okay, if I declutter my home and I rid myself of some of these things, like how do I also keep the mindset of like not filling this space again? How do I appreciate this home for what it brings my heart and my soul versus all of these things I have everywhere? Okay, so another example um, to think about is decluttering your schedule. Um, You can declutter your schedule to create space just like you would decluttering your home. So exactly how we did. So you choose how you get to choose how busy you are. Remember the power of choice. It's one of our biggest superpowers. You get to choose how busy you are. You get to choose how much wiggle room you leave for yourself and what commitments you say yes or no to. I personally am on this mission to say no. Every time somebody books over my lunch block, I have gone 12 years of my life, like taking lunch once every week, maybe. And now I'm taking it every day because I feel like, you know, it's not a lot to ask to take lunch. So you get to choose what commitments you say yes and no to. You get to say yes to what people do. You get, you get to choose. So you want to factor in some downtime. You want to clear blocks um, for rest, relaxation, pursuing your interests. You get to choose. Think about your schedule. Think if I were to prioritize these examples, I definitely put your schedule first. If you're somebody that's like me who has, my husband always says, um, are you adding something else to your life today? If you're one of those people, then make sure you look at your schedule. Okay, a couple more examples. Um, Aligning your priorities with everyday life. Um, Do you have space mentally and physically to follow your interests and heart? Or are you always chasing your tail and tackling that to-do list? That to-do list typically like is never fulfilling either when you check off 90 boxes. It was the act of checking the boxes off, not actually the work that you did in that to-do list. So Do the things that you do every day align with what you want and hope for your life now? And in the future, do you feel that you're on, um, do you feel like you're on autopilot right now? Are you so caught up in getting through the day that you don't have the scope to look at the bigger picture? You want to define your priorities and what's important to you and align your daily life to honor those priorities. So important. Remember, we should not just be this person on autopilot. We have got to be thinking about what does our future self want? What is it going to take to get there? And we need to be mapping out a scope to get us to that bigger picture. Forgetting about ourselves and not having these priorities is a form of clutter. And so make sure you have the space mentally and physically to follow your interests and heart. And last but not least, follow your own path. Much like with the shopping habits we talked about earlier, minimalist lifestyle is about questioning why. Don't do things because everybody else is doing them. They're popular or you feel should, you should be doing that. Forget the word should, by the way. 
ask why and listen to your heart, be present, connect with yourself wherever possible and find ways to be content with yourself, your days and the little things in your life. I think these elements are essential to a minimalist mindset because they help you simplify and remove the excess to reveal what's really important in your life and to you. After all, minimalism is about so much more than just stuff. So I'm going to wrap this episode up by just letting you know why I believe and why research shows and while I can give you nine books to say that a minimal minimalist mindset is important. So in the podcast episode, we have looked at what the minimalist mindset is all about and some examples of how it can support you to live a simpler, clutter-free, and intentional life. But why is it important for the long term? Why is it important to keep thinking like a minimalist rather than just while you're decluttering your home and getting rid of a few things? Clutter creeps in despite our best efforts to keep it out. Think of the daily post your inbox, advertising on TV, packaging on food items, the little collections of rocks and twigs in your child's pocket at the end of the day from school, the errands you're remembering to run, and the negative thoughts you might hold about your body and what you look like. There are so many ways in which clutter enters our lives. These are just a few examples. So being aware of the clutter and doing something about it takes a real shift in thinking to be sustainable long-term. The minimalist mindset is about making regular, mindful, intentional decisions to minimize the clutter that will, in time, become second nature. Clearing the clutter from your life isn't a to a do-it-once-and-you're-done kind of project. Clutter invades our homes, our schedules, our hearts and minds in many different ways as we go through life. And instead of making minute decisions thousands of times a day about that clutter, a minimalist mindset will filter out most of these choices. Instead, you'll naturally gravitate to less stuff and more life. Get clear on your priorities, align your life according to them, have healthy boundaries that shape your decisions, and guard against incoming clutter, which tries to throw you off course. Minimalism is the constant art of editing your life. Intentional editing so that your home, schedule, heart, and mind are full of the important things without the clutter. It's about understanding how clutter makes you think and feel rather than just the presence of clutter itself. So your task, just like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast episode when I was reading the Jay Shetty book, um, Think Like a Monk, There's exercises to be done. I have gone through and given you some examples. Figure out how the minimalist mindset works for you and what clutter you can get rid of in your life to really make room and space and appreciation for the things that matter most. You know where to find me on Instagram at Life on My Terms podcast. Send me any questions there or via email at info at personalbestcoaching.net. This is your life. Live it on your terms, and I will catch you next time.